Welcome to the Law of Worlds podcast. My name is Connor and I'm here with Brian. This is a collaboration project where we build a world together. Each episode focusing on a different topic of that world. Hello, well, welcome to episode 24 of the Law of Worlds podcast. Um, I don't know why I'm, you know, so excited. I think it's because I know <laughs> a, a little bit about the topic that we're going to talk about. And also, I don't know why, but it feels like I've... I know it's not been that long since I recorded. I mean, uh, just as a little, you know, breaking immersion. We, we've obviously had the, ho- the holiday break between now so you know whenever this comes out you know that's that's kind of when we've recorded um but yeah no i i guess we're still continuing the the events and this is a quite a big event um and then you know next episode will be the recap of everything and then we've got you know exciting kind of announcement to to have and we'll probably talk about it at the end of this podcast or this episode Indeed, yeah, 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 yeah. So, this week, we are going to be talking about an event with Boitra and him tampering with, just as a recap, with an element we are so far calling the binding. Uh, the idea being that we have the, the kind of triangle of the magic system. You have Suja, which is the body and sun, you have uh, Hikma, which is uh, the stars, and oh god, I'm looking because I can't remember this off the top of my head. Very top, very uh, top. Hikma, which is stars and wisdom. Uh, Jabia, which is the moon and charisma, and so these are the three kind of elements that make up everything in terms of magic and kind of in a weird way, po- possibly like the physicality of the world. And so the binding is essentially the the thing that holds all these three things together you know if a person is made up of a combination of these three things the binding is that that glue that holds all them together and uh yeah we've hinted at it before obviously with um you know some some little hints of what what, what might have happened with the fallen bed lay with one of them kind of crawling into a dark cavern uh gowning and his whole disaster you know, the thing that caused uh, the Tuka and actually the Tuka, Splinter. the Spa and the ARS to arise. Yep. His kind of madness. And now, you know, we've hinted that Boitra was the one that went down and, you know, But also caused... now with, with, the, um, with the concept of, of having seen um, more and more people being able to manipulate these um, these uh, different types of magic, or swing them from one type to another type over time, then yeah, that it it's it sparks interest, of course, from the the what do you call it, Dennis the Menace of the the universe, <laughs> to to kind of start start yeah, the uh, trickster, well, yeah, just, really trickster, just, but, to start yeah. dabbling in it, like maybe there's something, yeah, and so this episode we're going to be focusing on, I guess maybe I think we can be bold enough and say the first instance of the Boitra 
uh, messing with the binding. You know, the first yep. little experiment he does. Um, and I've thought about this leading up to this episode, and I've realized that, you know, as it doesn't exclaimer to the, to the listeners as well, you know, yes, we're focusing on Afflin core or sorry on Risa Tor, which is the continent we're focusing on, but these events could in a weird way have some effect on other places, you know, but we're just not focusing on it right now just to save our ass. If we need to retcon something, or at least if later down the line, we go somewhere else on the planet of Afflin core, and we can refer back to this and be like, well, you know, Connor and Brian, when when Boitra was messing with the binding, why didn't this come up beforehand? Well, obviously, t- time is linear, so we would we will create those things uh, when we get to them. Um, but I do think this event doesn't necessarily have to only encompass what we talk about today, but it could... Um, it's only relevant to what people or beings of Resetor would witness. Uh, so we kind of have to go at it through that lens. But yeah, you know, some other stuff could happen from this same event, but it's just we're focusing on the perspective of the continent of Resetor in this regard. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want do you want to kind of start us off with our basic ideas of of the place? So, I just want to quickly mention that uh, when we wrote down uh, our timeline, just as a good reference, we did mention that in the year in the arbitrary year of roughly one ninety to two hundred was about the time when Boitra preliminary starts hinting at the binding, and then we wrote down that in two thirty was the first Vichybetale contact on command of the various pantheons. So I'm guessing you want to go in after this. Let me just sorry quickly have a look <laughs> at the the timeline myself. Myself. So what was it? What do you say? So it's just it's the it's the very last bit of the timeline so far, or the second last is when we wrote down that Boitra preliminary hints at the binding. Yeah, and so essentially we're doing the. Uh, we're doing in between 200 and 230. Okay. And I think, actually, I think this thing we wrote in the box of 230 isn't quite relevant anymore because I think we've obviously had the kind of, what was her name, the ARAS, I think she's called the Emissary, and we kind of had Raw Grizz. I don't know if Raw Grizz talked about Puran and Silva to the spa. I think more the the people who, or the, the ones that we've already introduced, I think was more of a... um. A, a, a specific individual contact where I think this right. o- Ovishi Bedele first contact is more of a they announce themselves to the wide population so, so up until now they haven't really announced fully about themselves I think so I think the 230 mark is more like that's when in quote unquote the, the gods make themselves known so to say um, trying to you know literally establish pantheon some are already there and already had have a bit of a religious uh, vibe to it but but the 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 whole pantheon of the the Ovishi knowing that they need worship to become stronger kind is kind of what what kicks off the race so i think it's still just a a you know a a, a kickoff of all of them wanting to send emissaries rather than just a few who did those specific events 
as I see it, at least. Yeah, I, I was just trying to fill in my mind because I do feel like we have neglected uh, uh, Silao and Puran, which are the sun gods. I've like we, I feel like we've never touched on them at all, and they've just kind of been left undeveloped. And maybe they don't have to be developed, and you know, we'll, either we'll find a way to fit fit, fit uh, description in or some some elements to them yeah. or you know something might happen with the binding to cause them to you know no longer stay within the state that they are um could be could be but yeah let's uh let's go with approximate 220 and then uh, that's when the uh, boitra meddles with the meddles with the bind so yes we think that the binding will be targeted at a few people essentially to test what would happen if some things are manipulated or at least just like it's like it's like having a uh, a jenga tower and pulling that one piece out and seeing what happens how does how does the tower topple which direction does it topple i think that's kind of in my mind how boitra's kind of looking at it he doesn't know what's going to happen he's just pulling a block and seeing where the tower tumbles. You know, he doesn't know what will happen. And this is part of his experimentation and, and, and how he's pushing, you know, testing the limits and kind of almost seeing what will happen so that he can kind of test it again and again and hopefully get a similar result. You know, like a scientist almost. Like, he doesn't know what's going to happen. This is his first ever test. He just knows that he can. And he's just going to sit back and watch and see what the reaction is. Um, so I think he, yeah, he doesn't want to mess with something too, too, too visible. So I think he messes with the binding within a Avishi. Now, obviously, we've had the Avishi come up, but they've obviously, the only real interaction with the world they've had is when they become Bedele and they fall to the planet as Bedele and they're essentially mortal beings with the knowledge of their previous lives. Would his um, subjects be his, um, his, his in air quote followers? Um, what do you mean? What do you think he's going to try it on one of his own Avishi? Yeah, could be. I think, I think in a weird way, maybe he's like one of my, one of my, I, either you know, either one of my siblings or one of my peers won't mind if they lose one of their OVC. So maybe it's kind of like I don't want to lose one of my own. Why not try it on someone else's? <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe he does it on like uh, Puran's, one of his. Okay. And the idea being that, for whatever reason, when Boitra pulls on that first string of the binding and pulls it, just tugs it, just to see what it looks like when he pulls on that thread. I think a similar thing that happens to the bed lay will happen where uh, the Avishi will plummet out of the kind of shared Oheni realm or space and plummet down onto Afflin Core and land somewhere within Resator, I imagine. Um, potentially... Uh, he might have met, he might have pulled on the strings of three of Ishi, and obviously we'll just focus on one. And so yeah, one of them 
at, at the very least, one of them plummets out of the sky and lands somewhere in Resator. Um, this I, is con- I the think significance of it. Just yeah. if 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 I may uh, toss it in there, I think it would be funny if the first one he targets would be one of Nonus's people, one of Nonus's followers. Okay. Okay. Well, and, actually, yeah. Yeah. So, because I, I like the fact that he targets three other Obishis, and uh, I don't know why when we started talking about this, this all of a sudden uh, very quickly got a Four Horsemen vibe for me, where I feel like I like the idea that we can kind of incorporate the mytho of the Four Horsemen, where he only targets three. So, there is the the, the omen or the mytho is kind of spawned of the three of the horsemen, which kind of it would cause some chaos. Uh, if if that that idea of the four horsemen kind of where the the fourth one is of course death, so they see the three horsemen arriving, and if we adapt it from um, well Book of Revelations, which I don't think anyone is going to complain if we plagiarize them because I know a lot of other franchises have done it, so it's it's a book, um, but. The, the part of the symbols is the, the first horseman rides on a white horse, the second horseman on a red horse, and the third horseman on a black horse. So if the first horse uh, horseman is from Nonus, mm. they would not necessarily on a horse, but more of it be a a white-ish figure because they are like stardust or they could be from one of the moons, so they would be moon dust. I don't really know which one you want to go for with that one. The red one would then be one of the sun. Mm. And then the black one would mm-hmm. be the other star or moon. So if you want to say the, the the darkness is the stars, the space part, and then the white one is the moon part, that's fine. But then we kind of have the three colors of the horsemen, which I, I think mm. is a nice symbolic symbolism in it. And then we can also copy over a a parallel story to the horsemen. Like it's it's been in a lot of other franchises, so I don't I don't think it's plagiarizing. We're being very. Uh, I'm being very blunt with the with the some of the yeah. the, the cunt source contact for this, but I do think that the the it's such a strong message of the four horsemen's uh, uh, warning for the apocalypse is is a is a good thing, and since we don't really know what's going to come from this, and and the Ovishis entering is a a huge deal to the plan. I think it's I think it's fitting. So I think that's why it it kind of triggers my mind when we when we started talking about it. I th- I like it. I think. Whatever we talk about today, though, it'll be one of the three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I think, just one of them. I yeah. think because the idea, just, just, just as kind of to, for transparency, my idea is that if he does do three, maybe one or two of the other ones will go to a different continent on on the planet. Very of like, yep, I like it. And so they will go somewhere else that we won't touch for a long, long time. And you know, if we ever go to a different continent, or if we come back to to Resetor. But yes, so I think one of them, I think if we are going to, at least in the underlying, keep the the horseman element, I think they would be, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the first one is the moon and, uh, and that is white, the, the white one. And maybe, maybe, maybe it's one of, uh, Agupas's or no. Oras, probably Oras. 
Yeah, or maybe he one of his own. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he. Maybe he starts with one of like his one of his uh, his disciples, his to try it out <laughs> first because it's the it's the magic school most familiar to him. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. So I think he tries that out on one of his own, and they plummet to Resator somewhere, they land, and we'll, 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 they will definitely obviously wherever they do land. If we do figure it out more specifically on the on the map. It will obviously become significant, uh, even more so than a bedelay. Because if you think about it, these things are essentially demigods or angels. You know, they are all power. They are not all powerful, but they are. They are not like the bedelay, right? The only reason the bedelay have access to this immense magic is because of their knowledge, right? They had they had the knowledge on how to manipulate magic. These beings not only have the knowledge, but they have the capacity for great magics as well. So depending on which which one of these, uh, if we're going to go with the horseman analogy, depending on which one you wanted to introduce, we can of course do the effect that they they um, they 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 foretell about. So the first horseman, of course, uh, is supposed to resemble the Antichrist or the false god. Um, so. If you th- if you want to, in this segment here, that the the entry that we're talking about is going to be some sort of false godhood, we could do the white one. Second one with the red one is sy- symbolizing war and bloodshed. So if you think that the entry point that we're going to talk about now will be war and bloodshed, we can do the red one. And the third one, the black one, symbolizes famine. So if you want to do uh, an entry point of, of famine, we can do that. Or like like you mentioned, since we don't have to talk about all three, the other two can land on other continents, and those uh, omens can be on those continents. So whichever one you want to do hmm. here on this continent, we can just choose I, that I one. I think I think red, and we have Puran. Yeah, and potentially this this Avishi that we're going to talk about today isn't the first one. It could be the second or the third, but for the sake of it, we're only talking about this one. So it doesn't matter which order they land on the planet in but we're talking about this one i think the red one so puran one of puran's um avishi yep uh and yeah like i said these are things that have the similar knowledge that the bedelay have but also the capacity because we talked about how like the you know immortal beings are like a, a battery and they can only fit a certain amount of magic in before they deplete their capacity these things are mini gods right so they would have immense capacity for magic they would have a big capacity of all three maybe even more so because well this one would have more suja than anything else probably because he is a disciple of of puran yeah and so these things i imagine they would be like they're not like the bedlay where they're like in these mortal small forms this thing would i'd imagine would be like 80 foot tall like this thing would be massive maybe i mean maybe 80 foot's too small you know what are you thinking um 80 foot yeah like this like (laughs) like this thing because okay i'll explain why right because in my mind the binding right and this will explain later on for something that we might come back to. The binding is 
is is almost like he doesn't pull he didn't pull he didn't pull all of the he didn't like do a severe test right so he didn't unbind this creature and just disintegrate it because it, all of its essence just split apart and went in random directions he just pulled on a string and i think the string causes a leak where the magic will start to seep out of them and so essentially their capacity will slowly within time go down and down and down right uh, and so the, essentially the avishi will get weaker and weaker and weaker the longer it stays there you know if it could repair itself it would might it might be able to retain some of its power but because the binding's been uh, irrevocably shifted it is now leaking out magic you know it, the magic is pouring out of this thing maybe very slowly uh and m- my idea would be that this thing's alternative to you know itself dying is it causes itself to split it's like i'm losing power you know a little bit by by the daily instead of dying in 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 misery and pain i'm going to split myself and so the avishi would split itself into smaller versions essentially creating like a you know a a lesser version of itself in multiple forms and then you know those things would split themselves and they would be- essentially in a weird way the more the, the more the avishi splits itself and the more the splits sp- start to split themselves the more mortal the thing the byproduct will look the more flesh like the more you know mundane the less magical the less powerful it will become and i think that's why he needs to be 80 foot tall so the less the lesser versions will be like you know like 40 foot tall and then those lessers will be like 20 foot tall and then maybe it's less but of what a, would, what a harsh... Would ca- what would cause them or what would trigger them to split? Is that something they want to themselves or something they're forced to? I think that the initially it'll be the, the Avishi's choice of like, I can't bear to, you know, lose my power slowly like this. Because maybe, maybe it thinks I'm losing power somehow. I don't know how. It's probably linked to why I was sent to this planet or why I landed on this planet. And so its its response, what it, it thinks will repair the damage is by splitting itself. It, it thinks, okay, I need to repair this damage that's done to me. And its only solution is I split myself. And so it almost becomes a cycle. I'm, I'm just a little bit more of a fan of them being still a very hefty size, but more a size where they wouldn't be uh, continentally destroying if they so chose. Because the idea of like all three or all of the Ovishis that are going to end up, because if they end up in the same way through binding on on, on Aflinko, they should end up under the same pretense, which if all of them arrive at 80 foot tall, that's a huge impact on the planet, I'd say. And if just one of them goes like, yeah, I'm just going to have a tantrum and break stuff, that's a massive dis- destruction. So I'm, I'm more of a fan of saying 15 feet, 12, 15 but, feet. And, and but, then- even a bit, but that's the thing is, even if that's, that's also why I think the Avishi landing on the planet 
is significant because it doesn't matter about their size. These things would have the power if they wanted to, just by their magical element, their magical nature, they could destroy a continent if they wanted to. I don't know why they would because it's like, well, that's destroying the land I'm standing on. No, why no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying they wouldn't have be capable of through their magic. I'm just saying eighty foot. It's massive. Like 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 it's it's ridiculously massive. Like eighty foot is at a size where any any source that we have placed on the planet already will not be able to harm them in any way whatsoever. It's a tickle underneath them. So it, that would be more like <laughs> it would be more like in, introducing a a, a a like like a T Rex to a small uh, village that live in in straw houses. Like, exactly, it is. I mean, the I, I think, I think that's that is also the the point. You know, I'm just I'm not I'm not saying that they they, they I I do believe that they should have like a ridiculous amount of magical powers, but I do think that their physical form is a bit much. Like, okay, here, here's the thing, right? And um, and I I don't really want to delve into this part, right? But let's think of. Uh, a D and D term. What? How big do you think an Empyrean is? But I, I don't know. I, I just keep going back to the the size that you're presenting would be like Disney's Hercules Zeus. Where I'm like, that's just. Mm-hmm. I understand what you what you what you want to achieve with it, but I'm just saying, if any one of them arrives with the slightest bit of ill it- intent, it's 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 massively catastrophic. Where I think they should, I think they should be smaller, very, very, well, his, very his magical, magical powered, and maybe yeah. they can eventually learn to grow to a size, which is going to cause them to be depicted of that size. But mm. initially, upon arrival, I think they shouldn't be of a huge size. Okay, here's here's my here's my thing, right? You meant you vaguely mentioned this, right? And this is why I'm going off this thing. Is I think eventually, after the Avici splits and it splits, split enough time, and, they, and this 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 process continues enough, essentially, what we'll have left over is the giant race or a a race that is giant. Like, and if you were to do an analog, they would be the giants, and if you were to do like a D and D analog. The ones that were closer to the original Ivishi would be like storm giants, and the slower the slower the split goes down, the further down you go, the more likely you're going to be like hill giants and ogres, right? The ones that are closer to the original Ivishi in power and like lineage would be like storm giants. And that's why it needs to be massive first. So when it makes sense that its splits would be like forty foot tall, or okay, let's use another example but, but, of but just Warcraft, to... right? On Draenor, I don't know if you read the the Chronicle book. I can't remember. In uh, yeah, in in <laughs> in Warcraft, the uh, the second Chronicle book is obviously about Draenor, right? Yeah. And they have they have the 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 the, the there's like a, there's like a big battle between the plant life there's like a big plant being that was killing everything on the planet 
And I think it was Tia that came across and was like, well, this is not, this isn't fair that this plant gets to have a, a monopoly on this planet. I'm going to create a big elemental. And he plops a big elemental on the planet and they basically have a big fight with one another. And then their fight causes them to lose power. But instead of losing power entirely, they split into smaller little factions like Zangar was, and it turned into like, but, uh, but Zangar but, was one of them. But all I'm yeah, saying anyway. is that you want them to start at 80 feet because I think you're you're considering a halving of their height every time. Where what I'm saying is maybe we start at a significantly smaller height. I can go. I I will stretch up to like 30 feet, which is still above the range of the storm giants in uh, D and D, and then mm. they just shrink a bit whenever they yes. split. That's the, I can I can take that compromise. Okay. Because because I eighty is just too much. Like it's. Whew. I mean, if you look at the the the, the, the chronicle books, they are pretty big. The, the the first thing they put down is pretty damn big. <laughs> it's just I was I was just, I'm just looking at at what 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 somewhat corresponds to to eighty feet. I mean, mountains aren't mount, Most mountains are like. Yeah, 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 I know. I a know. thousand plus. Like, this thing would be big, but it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to see it. If it was, if it like, if it landed on top of a mountain, maybe you might be able to see it at a distance, but it'd still be tiny. This thing oh, would... eight, no, 80 meters, you can, you can see a quite amount, quite a lot far distant away. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was just checking. Statue of Liberty is like, Almost four times taller than eighty feet. Mm-hmm. But that's also a ridiculously big statue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, eighty feet isn't that big. No, but Especially you agree to like... thirty, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like a Tarask is bigger than eighty feet. In my mind. Seventy. Average height uh, even is only fifty. I'm just trying to just think. Also, Godzilla is probably not. You know, I'm looking these things up. Don't just sling stuff at me. I, I, I'm just trying to think like this needs to be like a kaiju level thing, something that. Okay, Godzilla is, is, Godzilla is 355 feet. That's for, that's crazy. Yeah. You're not getting a Godzilla. No, but I think 80 feet is reasonable. That's honestly tiny. I, I, I still think 80 feet is ridiculously crazy much. But I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter because this thing could slap its hand across the sky and then half of Resetor would be demolished. Like, it, it, its size is, is, you know, nothing compared to what it could do, you know. Obviously, as soon as that happens, the, the gods above them would instantly kill them because they'd be like, what are you doing? We, we need these people. So it would never do that kind of thing because it would know that it, it's, if it did something like that... Its life would be forfeit. It's the height of five giraffes on top of each other. Yeah. This thing is going to become the giant. This big thing has become the thing that becomes the giant race. I'm not, I'm, or at I'm, least I'm a, just a, not a giant on board race. with 80. That's too much. <laughs> 80 feet, man. No, 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 no. Less. Less than 80. Mm, okay. So what was it? I looked up... Yeah, we'll, we'll stick to the puny size of 30 feet. That's still a lot. 
Mm. Wait, I'll look in. I'll look here. How big is... Uh... Okay, I'll give you 40 feet. Because there's a Zeus statue somewhere in Greece that is 40 feet tall. It is from 435 BC. So... I mean, okay, let's... How, how big are the pyramids? Um, Height of the tallest pyramid. That's 400 feet. Yeah. Like, if it was 80 feet... But you know how far be... away you can see the pyramids. <laughs> yeah. But this is... If this thing would be a pyramid is fucking like four times bigger than 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 what I'm suggesting, and this thing would probably be solitary. It wouldn't be bouncing around the planet willy nilly. It'd be struggling. It'd be like, what am I doing? Okay, here? I'll go. How, so what am I'll I doing? go as far as sixty because that's the size of the Sphinx. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Sphinx of Giza is twenty meters. That's around sixty feet. I want to know how big. How tall Big Ben is? Big Ben's ninety-six feet or meters. Oh, it's three hundred feet. Big Ben. You're not getting it's that big. Three hundred feet tall. Tallest. What, what would be the purpose of them being that size in, in Denmark? That's not very tall. The um, Mindit Mindit Six. I don't know where that is. No, it's a lighthouse. The lighthouse in Aarhus is. Um, 466 feet, right? Yeah. Uh. Anyway, we'll, we'll, I'll stick with 60. I don't mind that that winning that battle. This thing would is immensely strong. Anyway, so I imagine it would land somewhere on the planet. I, I, I think it doesn't have to be near any major populations. And I mean, is there anything in mind that you would think that it would initially do i don't know I, I all i can think of now is gulliver's travels like <laughs> people are gonna tie it down no yeah but it, it would no one no one would be able to well i think gulliver kind of disagrees with that one yeah but the, gulliver didn't have the magic of a god that's very true <laughs> um I think, uh, so look at the map, where we want him to land. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, where did we have, uh, the, what was his name? What was the bed lay that, was it Shafro? Who was the bed lay that we talked about last, last episode? Um, there was the bed lay that was pulled down by Rogris. Mm-hmm. And he was called... That's it. And I think we had him land kind of where it, it, was, it was basically on the battlefield where Rorgus summoned him. Obviously, time had passed. Yeah, yeah. Rorgus yeah. had gone home. Yeah. So it was essentially on Rorgus the battlefield. Yes. And Desert. So it was on the um, battlefield. Yeah, he, he became kind of the, the shepherd of the fallen, but he went to the festering forest. Or he, he went to the festering pit and he, he kind of made it bloom a little bit, becoming the festering forest. The festering pit would have been off to the west part of uh, the spa territory. Yeah. So on uh, Les Mapos. So that will be, I'm thinking, almost on the on the mountain ridge on the left side of the desert area. Or somewhere there, there might be a, like a, um, a cave formation or a... a um, a crevice in in the landscape at least that uh, would have been the pit yeah 
I'm thinking this Ovishi lands in the very central, like, congregation of the big mountain range in the middle. See, that's what I wanted to say as well. And... Like, where all the mountain ranges... I'm not a fan of the... Well, I'm not immediately a fan of the idea of a Mount Olympus, but I do also like the idea of them finding a place that they find familiar. So maybe instead of being a mountain, it's it's somewhere there is a, a crater in between, like... Maybe the center spot there of all the mountains is a little bit wider than we think. And there is a crater in there where they then, uh, um, like, they they won't live per se, but they, they kind of call, in air quotes, home. I think they could easily make a mountain Olympus if they wanted. They this thing could. could make one. It'd just be like, I want a place to live and, and would just... Not even like, not in like a magical way. It just makes something out of thin air. But it would just pull, it'd like it would be like pinching the pinching the land and just pulling it upwards, and it would make a mountain for itself. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I, I like the the center mass area there. Um, I will just write something down in the timeline for later. Yeah. And I'm thinking. With its immense power, I imagine it would probably try and contact home. It'd be like, you know, Puran, what, what the hell did you do? What, what, what's happened to me? Why am I here? And you know, Puran would be like, I don't know why you're there. I have no idea what you're doing there. Why you're, you know, what's happened to you? I imagine because of the 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 unbinding of their essence, the kind of slight tweak of it, they can't return. You know, they don't they don't have the Mm-mm-mm. like they they've almost been turned into to something different. You yeah. know, even though they are pretty much the same as they were beforehand, whatever's happened with the unbinding, they've essentially detached them. It, it, the the it's like shifted them one tiny little inch of a peg down in the kind of celestial scale. Yeah. Um, like they are becoming more mortal than they were beforehand. Is the intent, uh, like lore-wise for us, that they become fully mortal? Eventually. But I think I think it would become, it would it'd start off as a, an active choice to preserve their their knowledge or I th- their power. I think it would be similar to what we introduced in the past or what we talked about conceptually, that they find out that they can contain more magic if they get worship. Maybe they find out that they're slowly dying and that they can sustain themselves here with worship. Mm. So they, they are becoming figureheads of deities in some sort or starting cults or something, uh, the various uh, ones that arrive there. And the ones that mm. don't necessarily succeed so will will either um well i'm I, I i'm not sure how much i like the idea of splitting but let's continue with saying splitting until you have demigods or or you know heroes from old old mythos and those heroes mm. are doing things in the name of their origin so even though the origin entity do, no longer exists they will now consider themselves so say for instance uh, a worshiper of nonos uh, would uh, after he did not manage to establish himself as a deity or something uh, before he managed to start bleating 
uh, he would establish, uh, he would go down to be like a deity or a hero ca- kind of character, and and be like a a a demigod of uh, one of the like no, like Nonus's uh, bastard child or something demigod, even though he's not actually, but that would be the mytho of him. So the the favor would from his life when he becomes some sort of giant or um, very very big powerful entity or person um, and they would uh, then from their deeds and legends generate a sustainable favor towards their like in air quotes magic house because yeah, they would I, I, my, my theory is that essentially it's almost like a an alternative route to a another product based event called the curse of flesh yeah essentially they are these things that are purely magical based and the more you know forgive my forgive it for now the more they split the more they will become mortal and so instead of it being splitting you'll start turning into generations and then it would turn into offspring and then it would turn into you know children and like literally having two of two of them have a union and then make a child and then it will and that's why that that's slowly how they would evolve into being a mortal race initially it is it is splitting it is halving their personality halving their power halving everything that, that makes them them into two separate beings and then eventually the quote unquote less power they have or you could argue the more mortal they become the more like mortal thing mortal beings they would uh represent and so they would have children they would give birth and and eventually with with enough quote unquote generations or enough iterations downwards they would start to rep- they would start to not mimic because i don't think it is mimicking i think it genuinely is they become more and more mortal. Yep. Um, which actually, I don't know if we mentioned this. Did we mention if if a bedlay could have a child? I think we said they didn't. Okay. But yes. So I, I imagine they would. We need to give them a name. I don't want to just call them the AVC or the Red AVC. Yep. And I think it needs to be booming and 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 you know because they are the red one. And they are uh, an OVC of Puran. And I think that brings certain things with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously we, we've never really delved into it because we kind of wanted it to be, you know, the, the initial gods weren't, they weren't bound by, in a weird way, they weren't bound by mortal concepts. And I think eventually we will. You know, we, we when we first created... Affluent Core, we did mention how in the future we would want, you know, the gods to, you know, either have children and whatever that means or uh, their power would transform or change state or whatever it would be. And in their new state or they would, you know, their children or whatever you want to call it would embody more modern things, you know concepts that are in a weird way mortal mortal concepts so like war and 
you know, and justice and... Uh, yeah, so the, the nuances of, of the portfolios come in with the... the as the... As the the portfolio grows because it's it's very simple. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Then then the portfolio becomes split by the the people who take over the mantle for the people for for them. So even though in air quotes Nonos will will maybe be still still be referred to as the god of the stars, then underneath yeah. him will be considered a pantheon of everything that has to do with that deity of yeah. order. So of course, law will arrive somewhere in there as well, and and s- stuff like that. So more more sub deities or or yeah. sub portfolios will be designated to newer newer other gods inside the same domain. Yeah, and um, then eventually it would go down to I imagine like each god would be an individual star. Like there'd be gods of individual stars. You know, when you yeah. even get even further down the line. You know, they might be underneath the umbrella of order, but they have been given a, a minor little sliver dominion of a single singular star. Um, you know, yeah. I'm trying to think of like angelic names, but more, more, more like a Titan, a name for a Titan, because that's why I think of them like, like the Greek Titans. Or at least that's their perception in my mind. Um, uh, and that's also why I wanted them to be 80 foot tall. Because I wanted them to be like the Titans. Well, they had quite like... The Greek Titans were called Oceanus, Cronus, Temis, Hyperion, Atlas, Atlas Rhea, yeah. Cro- Coeus, uh, Phoebe, Dion. So... And I'm probably butchering half those names. Sorry, but yeah, I think there are Norse titans as well. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. I mean, uh, Jotun, uh, Jotun was no, no. There, like the there are a lot of, the of uh, yeah, exactly. There are a lot of titans. So um, again, quite simply, because it's the Icelandic for fire, I believe, elder or something like that. Say what? Eldr. Yeah, it's 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 written in some of the Icelandic uh, tales. Um, a fire troll, so ember troll called Aesurfala. Aesurfala. Because mm. um, you've got Ymir, who is an ice giant. Yeah, yeah. Serta is obviously the fire giant. Yep. Let's see fire. I mean, wasn't wasn't like Fenrir considered a giant? Like. I know he's a wolf, but like, no, no, no. I'm. I, I know in Norse mythology, the word giant doesn't mean what we think it does today. It doesn't mean like the size. It, it means like giants were. A, it's a name for like a collection of beings. So, Seward is the most powerful of the fire giants, and he rules over the realm of Muspelheim. But mm-hmm. the fire giants are like a breed. If you want to, like, go for one of those names, and again, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter to me if you want to call him Seward. Like again, it's yeah, yeah. It's just the name. Again, we, our world can have parallels to other established mythos. Like, we could have called Nonos Zeus if we wanted to. Yeah, 
didn't make him yeah. Zeus, but no, I, I think he's more complex than Zeus in my opinion. He reminds me of um, yeah. Obviously, he is a god of order, but I, I, I also think of him more cerebral, and he's more like the. I, I know, I know his his portfolio isn't, but I think of him more of like a time of a, a god of time. You know, also, you know, I imagine a sub pantheon of his would potentially be time, less of like the manipulation of time, but more like the passage of time. You know, because. Uh, because he's the one that orders the universe or at least orders the solar system. And obviously I imagine mortals would record days as the sun going around the planet. And so you could link him to time in some way or another. Because obviously that's how mortals would measure time is by the rotation of the sun or yeah. Um, well, at least the, yeah, I, do, I guess we haven't really thought about it, but I don't want to, <laughs> go into it too much but yes um come up with a name uh bestler i mean it doesn't you know yep bestler bestler by the way it's a, that's an actual name by the way but you know i mean and and, and viewers will know what bestler is they'll be like oh oh okay yeah we're we're, we're getting quite far into it is there anything that we want to delve into because right now we've only really touched on their arrival and potentially outcomes of their, their well, well long, since we digged long, into long since we dug into the, to this being the the red horseman they yeah. should trigger a war somehow i think they they so, are they are warriors so they wouldn't their tri- their, their war that they would trigger is with everything else i also do like the inadvertent uh, synergy of the red one being from the sun, and the sun become is is strength uh, and yeah. body, and that also resemble that is also the guy that is going to trigger war. Um, yeah, and and that's why the spa are a yeah fighting martial warrior race in a lot of ways. So let's see, what do we have? Spa, the King of the Hill, Herb, blah, blah, writing parodies for the most part, and I war, the Blight War. So we are now approximately at the time that we're talking about a good 20 years after the Blight War. So this would have been a time where... Um, can uh, I can I make a suggestion? Yeah. So we, 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 we kind of... We're kind of coming probably to near the end of this podcast or the recording. So next next episode will be the recap where we will basically take the last 10 episodes like we did last time and condense it into one episode so that, you know, if you want to show one of your friends and they can just go to the, the last two recaps and, and hopefully they will be able to get at least a, a decent grasp of what we talked about. But after that, we will... Uh, we plan to make a whole new world. Uh, we will approach it slightly differently in the sense that after the recap, the first episode after, we would, out, outside of the podcast, we would have already talked about the world. And we'll just come to that next, that the episode after the recap, almost not necessarily with a world already there, but like we would have had, dis- we have had a, would have had a discussion and the podcast right after will be a, a quick jumping on. You know, we, 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 it'd be, you know, 
almost as if we were five episodes in potentially to where we were with making Afton Core. Because we don't want to show you the whole process again. You've seen it before. Um, and we want to at least, we want to, the next world to be, you know, quick. We don't, we don't want to bore you again with us sitting there for ages, bouncing off ideas and, you know, <laughs> not getting anywhere for ages. Uh, so we will be taking a break from Affincore, uh, and we will come back to it definitely without a doubt, but we want to come back with a big bang. And that will be essentially a continuation of what we're talking about now with Galnig messing with the binding. But this time will be on a larger scale, much larger scale, something that will affect all of the Pantheon, all of the world. Has to be uh, like a, a big impact when the fourth horseman arrives, right? Y yeah, potentially. Or, or the fifth. Or fifth. But <laughs> I'm thinking, right, instead of... Besla and waging war or at least Besla and its generations we're going to quickly call it waging war what if Besla so I think the the next event we do after we come back will happen very shortly after this strangely enough it, relatively you know maybe 20 more years almost not even enough for Besla to really like split into its lesser generations and i think instead of war in the sense that it will declare war it's getting the planet or, or at least resetor ready for war because i think some with, with boitra's actions that we plan to, to have him do i think the rest of the gods will want to fight their their sibling or their their peer they'll be like what the hell did you just do we're gonna have a space space intergalactic war with you how dare you do this to us right and and i think the planet's gonna have to you know afflin core is the planet maybe isn't gonna play a big part in that conflict but it's gonna play a part and i think maybe Bessler will be trying to get the continent ready you know, almost like unifying them, maybe through force, maybe through like, hey, if you don't unify now, whatever's coming out of this battle will will wipe you out. And I need you to be ready kind of thing. So it's not waging war on everyone else. It's getting the continent ready for a war. Yeah. How do you like that idea? No, I like it. I like I like. But I, I do think that there there is again, we are we are pre uh, oming, oming a lot in the future or somewhat in the future of what we're going to bring as well but yeah. I, I do like if 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 um, if they they actually do like a short um, let's call it gladiator testing best luck will go like yeah got champions yeah, of the gods yeah like, like we're going to have a few of, of the different spa we may may even this may even be if, if anybody want to try out and, and do a setting in this the best might actually start out by doing a gladiator arena and your players might be the the, the five champions the strongest of Affling Core who's going to help in the next bit to come what do I know and they would I, I think I, I think a potential element would be 
the victors of that gladiator pit, maybe five of the victors, you know, they don't just have one. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So and, like, so, and they get elevated to essentially yeah, yeah. what would be equal to a Bedelay status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're, you're, all your players are the victor party or, or the, the complete list of people who qualified through their trials of, of conquest. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, um, maybe, but, um, Oh, what's his name? Bestler. Maybe Bestler just just tested out the the different species. You could have this as an entry point for your your player group to have any kind of species because Bestler wanted to try them all, find the strongest to be part, like be a very key centerpiece in in the coming fights. So yeah, mm. it can be anything. And again, what we're gonna bring is gonna be big uh, when we're gonna come back to to this. But uh, yeah, for now, um, feel 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 free. I don't know if we said it before, but. This world is uh, is is it's it's open for everyone to to play around with. If if you found one of the events that we talked about as as a as a good interesting thing that you want to to bring some of the races that that we talked about as well, um, have a player setting a player group uh, go on and try and handle one of these events or take part in experiencing one of these events. Feel free to 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 use the world. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll when we come back, a lot will change. I think that's also a good point. We we do have a current con- like document that we are we are creating. I think what a good thing would be either before or during or just after the release of the the recap. I think. Well, I want to say definitely that we will have a snapshot document that we will put on our Discord uh, yeah. of of the current world as it is. Essentially, it's like a snapshot, and and then you know, uh, when we come back, then then there will essentially be a new document that you won't see potentially until we take another break from Affencore, you know. But so we'll we'll release like a snapshot of what we've done so far, uh, and people can find that on our Discord when when we have it polished and ready, ready for you know, the public consumption, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's what we'll plan to do is have that document ready if you want to have a look at it great yeah we'll, we'll, we'll end it there next episode will be a recap and then on to a new venture which will be really exciting but anyway <laughs> goodbye everyone bye bye thank you for listening to the Law of Worlds podcast you can contact us at lawofworlds at gmail.com twitter at Law of Worlds, reddit community Law of Worlds and a link to our discord on both twitter and reddit my name is Connor My name is Brian. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in next time. Goodbye.